Welcome to the Lessons for Living television program. My name is Bill Santos. Thank you so much for watching. Napoleon spent his last days exiled on the rock of St. Helena. He was reflecting on all that he had accomplished in his life. He called his loyal friend, Count Montalon, to his side and said to him, Can you tell me who Jesus Christ was? Well, the Count refused to respond. Napoleon then said this, Well, I will tell you then. Alexander, Caesar, Charlemagne, and I myself have found a great empire. But upon what did these creations of our genius depend? Upon force. Jesus alone founded his empire upon love. And to this very day, millions will die for him. What Napoleon so eloquently said is, there has never been, there is not today, and there will never be anyone like Jesus. Jesus is the favorite subject of the Word of God. Look at John's Gospel, chapter 5, and verse 39. There we read, You search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and these are they which testify of me. Jesus is the favorite subject of the Spirit of God. John chapter 15, verse 26. But when the Counselor comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness of me. In perhaps the greatest passage about Jesus, I know in all of the New Testament, Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11, I want to share with you from those verses three things that I hope that you will do with Jesus. Number one, mimic the life of Jesus. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. Let this mind be in you all, which was also in Christ Jesus. The way that you think is the way that you live. Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 7 puts it this way. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. You see, you and I are not what we eat. We are what we think. There's an ancient Chinese proverb that puts it this way. Sow a thought, reap an act. Sow an act, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a character. Sow a character, reap a destiny. You see, but everything begins with the way we think. We're told that we are to think the way Jesus thought. We're to see things the way Jesus sees them. Because once we think the way he thinks and see things the way he sees them, then we will live the way he lived. Well, just how did Jesus think? Well, beginning in Philippians 2, verse 6, Paul takes us back behind the curtains of eternity and shows us what took place before Jesus was even born here on earth. Philippians 2, verse 6, it says, 
who, being in the form of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. The Greek word here for equal or equality is isos. And if you remember from geometry class, an isosceles triangle is a triangle with two equal sides. So the word literally means equal in character. In every way, Jesus Christ was and is God. Paul speaks of Jesus being in the form of God. The word form is a word that referred to a Roman stamp. In Bible times, an official government document was sealed with wax. So while the wax was hot, you would press the ring bearing the emperor's insignia into the document, and the impression in the wax would be the exact representation of the insignia on the ring. So what Paul is saying is Jesus was and Jesus is the exact representation of God. We go on then to read verse 7. It says, But he emptied himself, taking upon himself the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. Now we come to another great question. Why did Jesus leave the glory of heaven for the grief of earth? Why would he take up the cloak of humanity along with the crown of deity? All Jesus had ever known for all eternity was glory, honor, and praise, and adoration. Why would he leave all of that to come to a planet where he would be ridiculed, rejected, and crucified as a common criminal? Well, the only reason he came was because he was the only one who could. He was the only one who could come and take the sin of the world because everyone else already was contaminated with the world's sin. That's why we read in verse 8, being found in the form of a man, he humbled himself. You see, this is exactly the attitude that Paul wants you and I to have towards others and towards each other. What Jesus did is an illustration of what Paul exhorted the Philippians to do in verses 3 and 4 of chapter 2, where he writes, Let nothing be done out of strife or conceit, but in humility let each esteem the other better than himself. Let each of you look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. I encourage you to always live your life in such a way that you're always looking out for the interest of others, not your own. Because when everyone is looking out for the interests of everyone else, you will never have a problem that we cannot solve. I encourage you to mimic the life of Jesus. Number two, I encourage you to love like Jesus. What was the purpose of Jesus coming to earth as a man? Verse 8, here's what it says. And being found in the form of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. The reason why Jesus left heaven and came to earth was not just to live among us, but to die for us. 
He didn't become a man just so that he could live. He became a man so he could die. He experienced the pain of death, the wrath of hell, the rejection of his own father, so that we would not have to do that. I want you to understand something. Jesus Christ did not have to die. Now, he had to die in order for us to be saved, but he didn't have to die. God is under no obligation to save anybody, and Jesus was under no obligation to come to die for us that we might be saved. God did not send Jesus because he had to. He sent Jesus because he wanted to. John 3, 16, as you know, says, For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son. Well, you could also quote that verse this way. For God so loved the world, he came to die for our sins. Jesus did not die out of obligation. He died out of obedience. When the Father asked him if he would come to earth, he said yes. When the Father asked him if he would die, he said yes. There can only be one explanation, and that is the incredible love that Jesus Christ has for us. I mean, this world talks about love. This world sings about love. We write about love. And yet, we know nothing of real love. 1 John chapter 3, verse 16 says, By this we know the love of God, that he lay down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. Jesus died for us, that we might live with him. He became what we are, that we might become like he is. I ask you to exercise that same love for one another. You know, if you had gone several years ago to a fifth grade class in Oceanside, California, you would have found a class in which one of the boys was undergoing chemotherapy for a deadly type of cancer. Yet you would not have known which boy was undergoing chemotherapy because all the boys were bald. Now the reason why all the boys were bald was because 13 of them had shaved their heads so their sick buddy wouldn't feel out of place. One 11-year-old boy said, he said, if everybody has their head shaved, sometimes people don't know who's who and they don't know who has cancer and who just shaved their head. Another 10-year-old boy said, the last thing we would want is for him to feel out of place and be made fun of. So we just want him to feel better and not feel left out. Just as Jesus died for us, we ought to love each other to the point of death where, where we're willing to die for one another. We're to love each other the way Jesus loves us. Jesus doesn't just love us because of what we can do for him. He loves us because of what we are to him. I heard the funny story of a man and his wife who were not getting along very well. This man had been getting the cold shoulder from his wife for about three weeks, and finally he decides to confront her. 
And he says, admit it, Linda. The only reason you married me is because my grandfather left me $50 million. His wife replied, don't be ridiculous. I don't care who left you the money. The only kind of love that will last through disappointments, disagreements, difficulties, is the love of Jesus Christ. Point number three, exalt the lordship of Jesus Christ. There's a phrase that is found here in verse 11. That's interesting. It says, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. If I could only have four words to say to the world, four words to say to you right now, it would be these. Jesus Christ is Lord. I want you to think about a few questions that, seem, that may seem very elementary to you. Why did Jesus die? Why was Jesus buried? Why was Jesus raised from the dead? Now, most would probably say to save us from our sins. And, well, that's, that, that's the right answer. But it's only a partial answer. I want to give you the total biblical factual answer. Romans chapter 14, verse 9. For to this end, Christ died and rose and lived again so that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. Now, I want you to listen to the climax of the passage here in Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 through 11. Therefore, God highly exalted him and gave him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You see, it's not the name of Jesus that is above every name. Because if you had been living in the days of Jesus, you would have found a lot of boys running around with the name Jesus. The name that is above every name is the name Lord Jesus. Jesus was born as a man so that he could relate to us. He died as a savior so he could redeem us. He was raised as Lord that he might rule over us. I've said this so many times, but I love to say it over and over again. When Jesus comes back, He's not coming back to take sides. He's coming back to take over. When we preach Jesus, we should, as Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5, preach Christ Jesus the Lord. Romans 10, 9, you must confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. So how do you exalt the lordship of Jesus? First of all, we must accept his lordship. Philippians 2, verse 10, look at what it says. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. When you bow the knee, it is a sign of absolute surrender. 
Paul makes it plain that every knee is going to bow, whether by choice or by force. Every knee above us in heaven, whether it be angels or men, is going to bow. Every knee around us on earth, whether believer or unbeliever, is going to bow. Every knee under us, the devil and all his demons, is going to bow. And his lordship is going to be accepted. So let me ask you to accept his lordship now. But you must also acknowledge his lordship. Verse 11. And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The word confess means to agree with and openly proclaim. Every human tongue, every angelic tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. But finally, we must acclaim his lordship. Paul goes on to say that all of this will be done to the glory of God the Father. The purpose of this universe, the purpose of all history, the purpose of my life, the purpose of your life, the purpose of the ministry, the purpose of the church, the purpose of everything is to bring glory to the Father. And the greatest way you do that is by exalting the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is Lord over the church. Jesus Christ is Lord over the world. You must understand that. He is to be over and above, and we are to be under. He is to be above, and we are to be beneath. He is to command, and we are to consent. He is to demand, and we are to deliver. He is to give the orders, and we are to carry them out. We cannot limit his lordship, and his lordship demands our fellowship. Jack London wrote a famous book entitled White Fang, in which he tells the story of a dog that is half wolf and half dog. As a puppy, White Fang was treacherously abused by his cruel master. He was kicked, he was beaten, half starved to death. And after several years of abuse, he found his way to a new master named Whedon Scott. In the story of White Fang, there is a tremendous section where the wolf dog undergoes an amazing transformation from an old life to a new life. It is as if that great animal had a change of heart. You see, White Fang was very fond of chickens. And on one occasion, he had raided a chicken roost and had killed 50 hens. His master, Whedon Scott, had grown to love this animal. He scolded him and, and took him to the, you know, into the chicken yard. When White Fang saw his favorite food walking around right in front of him, he obeyed his natural impulse and, and lunged for a chicken. Immediately, his master would say, White Fang, stop. Immediately, but reluctantly, his wolf dog would stop. They stayed in the, kitchen, the chicken yard for quite a while. And every time White Fang would make a move towards a chicken, his master's voice would stop him. In this way, he learned what his master wanted, and he learned to ignore the chickens. Well, Whedon Scott's father argued with him one day and said, you can't cure a chicken killer. 
Well, Whedon challenged him. And they agreed that they would lock White Fang with the chickens all afternoon. This is the account by Jack London. Locked in the yard, there deserted by the master, White Fang lay down and went to sleep. Once he got up and walked over to the trough of water, calmly ignoring the chickens. So far as he was concerned, they did not exist. At four o'clock, he executed a running jump, gained the roof of the chicken house, and leaped to the ground outside where he walked over to the house. He had learned the law of obedience that he must surrender to his master. Out of a love and a desire to obey his master's will, White Fang overcame his natural inborn desires. He learned to love a new master. He learned to surrender all his heart and his soul to this man. And from that day until he died, he followed his master with everything he had. You see, friend, the devil is going to try to get you to chase chickens. Chickens that you've got no business eating. The devil will try to get you off track in every single way that he can. The devil will try to get you to disobey the Lord, disregard his word, discourage his work. I encourage you one more time, surrender everything you have, everything you are, to the one, the only, Jesus, because Jesus is the Lord. Let's pray. Gracious God, loving Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus who died on a cross that we might live eternally. Father, I pray for those viewers that are watching right now that are lifting up a prayer accepting Jesus as Lord and Savior. Father, may you embrace them. May you put a hedge of protection around them. May the evil one not be allowed to discourage them, disorient them, or distract them from the purposes you have for them in Jesus. Bless each and every person that is joining us right now. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we've come to that time in our program where we have our special offer. On each and every broadcast, we like to offer a resource just to help you to better understand the topic we've been studying and just to generally better understand the kinds of things we need to be doing in order to have a safe and prosperous spiritual journey to God our Father. Well, today we have a book. I'm not sure we've ever offered this book before. It is called The Power of Hope. You know, it says here that overcoming depression, anxiety, and stress is done through the power of hope. We'd love to send you this book as a gift from Lessons for Living Television. No obligation whatsoever on your part. It'll arrive in your home in the post, postage paid. If you would like to request this book, pay attention to the information we're about to provide you. To receive today's free offer, you can log on to the Lessons for Living Television website, 
www.l4ltv.com. That's the Lessons for Living Television website, www.l4ltv.com. You can also write us at Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlon Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G0A3. And we would be happy to send the offer out to you. That's Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlon Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G0A3. If you live in Canada, this offer will be sent out to you free and postage paid. For viewers living outside of Canada, shipping charges will apply. If you wish, you could order this offer by calling our 1-800 number and speaking with one of our volunteers at 1-800-972-0337. 1-800-972-0337. Operators are standing by now. While on our website, you can leave a prayer request and if impressed to do so, donate to help keep this ministry on the air. Thank you for your support. Well, we've come to the end of another Lessons for Living television program. Let me start by thanking you so much for joining. I'm so grateful that you tune in each and every week. And why would you be willing to help us get others to join also next time? Let your friends and family know. Visit our website, l4ltv.com. All of the previous programs, every program we've ever aired is accessible from the website under the previous uh, programs page. Check that out on our website. You can go to the archived sermons part of our website where I have different messages that I've delivered in different locations around the country, around the world, on different topics that are asked of me. What happens to us when we die? Why do bad things happen to good people? Check those out. There's a video and then there's a handout that you can download, like a study guide. You can also check out the live appearances where I'll be appearing live or you know, in person or virtually. And you can also check out the Donate Today tab, which is where you can make a donation, a tax-deductible donation, because we are a charitable organization, to keep this ministry on the air. Every penny that is donated to the ministry goes back into the ministry directly for paying for studio time, air time, the gifts. Not one penny comes to myself or my family. Okay? Just wanted you to know that. Check out my Instagram, Santos underscore Bill. Follow me on Instagram. Every morning, 6.30 a.m. Eastern Time, I put out a one-minute devotional video. Great way to start your day. If you speak Portuguese, 6.45 a.m. Eastern Time, I put out a one-minute devotional video in Portuguese. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, like our Facebook page, follow me on Twitter. In about 30 minutes from now, our this program, an audio version will be available through SoundCloud. You can download, you can carry that with you, you can listen to it at your convenience, you can share it with friends and family. Just before we go, in the final moments, I want to also encourage you to visit missionnowcanada.com, which is the the part of our ministry that does overseas humanitarian work. On the website, you can find out about different projects we've been involved with over the years, any upcoming projects. Maybe you want to join us on an upcoming project, or maybe you'd like to make a donation to a specific project that's there. Check out missionnowcanada.com. Well, I am so grateful that we had the opportunity to spend this time with you. We look forward to doing it next time, and I'm going to have to tell you, it will not be the same if you're not here. So let's make a point to be back together next time.
In the meantime, God bless you, and we'll see you back.